Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Podcast announcement starts now. What's up, everybody? It's Sam, and I am here with some official business. That's right. Podcasts can have official business to grow up. But seriously... I have an announcement, a few announcements. First up, we are doing a special episode for Thanksgiving. We're doing an earnestness bonanza, which if you don't know, is when George and I drop the bit and we are as earnest as we can possibly be while answering your questions. So uh, you can email us questions at stradiolab at gmail.com. If you do that in the next few weeks, we're going to record relatively shortly. So get those questions in for our earnestness bonanza and we are going to, you know, Ironic detachment found dead in a ditch. It's only being sincere. So um, email us, ask us whatever, and we're excited for that. And then we have three live shows. Okay, that's crazy, but it's true. Three live shows. The first one is on November 9th at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York City, city that never sleeps, as part of the New York Comedy Festival. And we just announced the lineup, which is to die for. It's Macy Rodman, River L. Ramirez, Rajat Suresh, and Jeremy Levick. That's going to be huge. And then we have two shows in L.A., Los Angeles, baby, Hollywood, California. The first one is a part of Vulture Fest. Uh, That is on November 12th at 6 p.m. We're doing a special format for that, which I'll announce soon. And then we're doing a classic Studio Lab Live on November 14th at the Elysian Theater. Damn, uh, crazy. And we'll announce lineups for those soon. But tickets are available right this second. Either go to those websites or go to our, we have them in our Instagram bio, which is pretty punk rock of us. Um, Actually, I guess punk rock is alive and well, and it's in our Instagram bio. Okay, I think that's everything. Enjoy this episode. I think, you know, I can say without 
any doubt or question that it is one of the greatest podcasting episodes of all time. And that's it. Okay, have fun. Bye. Okay, podcast starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stradio Lab. Um, Wow. Wow. The podcast has, in fact, started. I here's what I'll say. You know, the last we've been recording on weekends recently because of my demands to do so, because I said I'm too tired after the workday. I need you know, I need to be kind of holding a cup of coffee, feeling relaxed, like having woken up at 11 a.m. In the last two weekends, I would say not only have I bragged about how good I felt in the mornings, I've almost, you know, I've, I've, I've almost laughed at Sam every time I've gotten on air. I've said, ha ha, who is this hungover bitch? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm so much, I, I'm so in such a better mood. I've eaten a croissant. I feel so good. And now I'm coming to you the third weekend in a row. And you know what? They got me. They got you. I the way that you were gloating previous episodes about was, how this is the the only right way to record a podcast, and that how foolish you had been before, and now here it is a Sunday. We are both hurting, yeah, emotionally, physically, hurting. spiritually, even psychologically, intellectually. I can't think <laughs> of words. I really, you know, and listen. Uh, hubris, of course, as as someone who is Greek American, hubris was a concept I really grew up with as, as 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 something something to avoid. Sure. And of course, I betrayed my ancestors by over the last two weekends bragging about how non-hungover I was. I mean, and now here we are. What you're saying is Icarus found dead in a ditch. Now they're going to be saying, <laughs> they're going to be using me as the example. <laughs> they're saying George Severus hosted a podcast on a weekend, and he kept telling his lovable co-host that it was a better idea. But then one day he uh, did it again and it didn't work. Do you think now that we really have both experiences, do you think it's better to record? This is so interesting for the listeners. Do you think it's better to record after a day of like intellectual labor? You know, Mm. we both obviously are scientists in our day jobs. Yes. Um, Do you think it's better to record after a full work day of intellectual labor? Or do you think it's better to record... Having done no intellectual labor, but having um, binge drank the night before. <laughs> <laughs> I I genuinely, okay, it's, it's... It's hard. It's hard. Because I do think when um, there is a euphoria that can come from a post-binge drink, um, sort of a, a, you build yourself up. We come on this yeah. podcast and we literally find ourselves again. We rise like the phoenix from the ashes. But there's also something to the stability of a weekday where you're just like, sure. nope, this is my job. This is work. This is, but it kind of dulls, I would say, the comedy sometimes because it's a little, it's, it's a little too practical. It's a little too this plus this equals this. I don't, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I At least if, if we're in this state, maybe we can be so free that, that something unexpected <laughs> will come out. I feel like I'm never, I never feel free on a Tuesday night. I'll say that. No, no, I don't feel free on a Tuesday night. And no matter how hard I try, I cannot feel free on a Tuesday night. No. Although, you know, you do have some those times when you're like, when you suddenly have plans, like like weekend level plans on a Tuesday night and you kind of make the decision. You're like, you know what? Just for today, it's Saturday. 
<laughs> yeah, that can be really fun. It really makes the week shorter. That's for sure. Yes, for sure. I mean, this is something I've been struggling with a lot, which is like, how do I like the, I'm just genuinely in a bad mood every single Monday. And it's sure. like the most hack feeling in the world to be like, yeah, it's a Monday and I'm cranky about it. And it's like, damn, I'm really like a Kathy cartoon. And when did this I used to have unique feelings. I used to be um, independent and raw. And now I'm a guy that's cranky on a Monday because yeah. well, e emails it's like <laughs> That's crazy. The level of uh, the lack of originality <laughs> as I get older is actually shocking, humiliating and disrespectful to my younger self. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be able to get upset at weird things, sort of unique things. Now it's I'm getting mad at stuff that maybe a sitcom character would get mad at. I have to yeah. tell you the, the most... Um, I have a very real example of this. Okay. On Friday, I went to eat at a casual dinner, like before a show, and I ordered a sandwich and a salad, <laughs> and the salad didn't uh -oh. come, and <laughs> and the Sam. way I spiraled, the way I lost, because then it was like, okay, well, I ate my sandwich. Now, do I go ask? Do I go ask? Because now I don't really want the salad because I already ate my sandwich. Yeah. And then I was like, well, am I going to get the salad to go? What am I going to do? Eat it at the show? Am I going to eat the salad at the show? And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I, I could not let go of being angry at the salad. And I brought the to-go salad to the show. And then I brought the to-go salad all the way home. Didn't eat it, put it in the fridge, <laughs> mad at it, threw it away the next day. Still three days later, I am angry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and of course it's not about the salad. No. But you know what it would take to find out what it's about? What? work and, and, and we do not actually have the time for that the way that we are hanging on by a thread that a salad can ruin your whole mood shocking to me it's also everything all of those things are proxies for figuring out other things that are wrong with you it's like how people you know it's like that joke where it's like for straight people who are old like you know like real estate is the new sex or whatever it's like they they're like that's like what they that's how they do power that that's how they like play with one another. That's how they turn each other on. That's how they show their power. <laughs> and for you, the salad was sex in that moment. Wow. Yeah. And I wasn't getting what I needed. And you were not getting off. <laughs> the salad simply did not get me off and I needed to get off in that yes, moment. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was very pent up and putting a lot of stock on that salad. God. <sighs> it's also like so bratty to be like, mm, my salad like you guys no. forgot my salad. It's like, I wish you had forgotten the sandwich because then I would feel more like, it's like, of course, it also made me feel like, okay, I'm like a gay guy complaining about his salad. I was like, what has, what has the world done to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, and then you're like, and then you're a gay guy talking about how he's complaining about a salad, which is arguably oh my even God. worse. I mean, it's so bad. This is like... <laughs> This is like current era David Sedaris stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is not the old good stuff. Well, that's what we're all aging into. <laughs> that's when people, true. I, can I say something? You know, uh, people might not know this if you're not on Twitter. Approximately every two months, some clip of David Sedaris that is meant for people that are in their 80s makes it <laughs> to the internet. And then people that are kind of 23 with blue hair are like, this is problematic. <laughs> and then you kind of, you know... And yes, they are they are correct in some capacity, but then part of me wants to be like, you're all going to become David Sedaris. Oh, honey, it's happening quick. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> those 80-year-old people need David, you know? They need him to yeah. speak to them. 
He's not for you. And also, don't think, don't lie and say David made you, honey. We would without without. Da- Are you kidding me? Just because you put a little twist on the David Sedaris ethos, now you think you're different. You're literally you're literally just David Sedaris, but you also but you also do poppers. <laughs> there was a direct line of David Sedaris all the way to the Red Scare Girls, Charlie XCX. <laughs> There, without David Sedaris, that cannot be Charlie XCX. <laughs> without David Sedaris, like people, people forty years ago had never heard of anal sex. Now they're having it constantly. That is because of David Sedaris. When straight people say the word twink, that's like a direct line. It's like now they are allowed to say that. It is because of David Sedaris, and yes, maybe he's not making the radical changes he was. He's not doing that anymore, but you have yes. to respect that. Yes, of course. I mean, early, early Sedaris, of course. I mean, he was, you know, it was giving Bernie Sanders. He was kind of AOC. Now, you know, he's aged into more of a kind of uh, Hillary would have won type, yeah. type ethos. And you know what? I'd like to see everyone else's parents and grandparents and where they stand on the issues. Because something tells me David Sedaris, actually compared to them, is Ralph Nader. <laughs> Do you hear that? Your parents makes David Sedaris look like Ralph Nader. That's what we're saying. Yeah. So think about that next time you so tweet. The next time you want to tweet about David Sedaris being lame, maybe call your mother and say, change your politics yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's literally like how you, for you, salad was sex. For other people complaining about David Sedaris is just like, call your mom. <laughs> Who are you actually angry at? It's your parents. You're not angry at David Sedaris. No one is actually angry at David Sedaris. <laughs> Are you like watching CBS Sunday morning? Is he like ruining your CBS Sunday Literally, morning? The fact it was a clip from CBS Sunday morning. <laughs> Leave CBS Sunday morning alone. Who did you want? Who did you want them to have on? Arca? <laughs> did you did you want them to have on Bjork doing a kind of like postmodern um, imaginary violin? If my like uncle who is in his seventies saw Bjork. Doing something weird on CBS Sunday morning, he would die. We can't have that. We need. If my parents, and by the way, my parents are Democrats. If they saw that, they'd vote for Trump. <laughs> so, oh my God. I mean, I don't know what we are talking about anymore, but I'm loving it. No, but you know what? That's, I just, just to bring it back, you know, that is the freedom of being hungover on a Sunday. If we, if this was a weeknight and if we were, like, if we had just finished our day of work at the lab, we would not be able to have this conversation. We'd probably be like, how did you like the new Taylor Swift album? Right. And instead we are, in fact, standing David Sedaris and, and, exactly. <laughs> and giving people psychology that they can take with them um, on the go. Um, I'm yeah. really, I yeah, am speaking of academic fields. I think we need to bring in our guest. <laughs> I think we need to bring in our guest too. And I just want to say, I'm so thrilled one to have our guest too. I can't believe that we have, we started this so bummed out and now I'm soaring. I'm in an incredible mood yes. and it's only getting better. Um, please give a glamour girl hootie who for Langston Kerman. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Langston. Yeah. Hootie who. Hootie who. <laughs> Um, Langston, how are you feeling today? What's um, sort of your vibe? Yeah, listen, you guys started <laughs> off by saying you were hungover. We're in the same. We're in the same boat here. I went to a wow. wedding. I did drugs. I'm. I'm. I'm not great, but I'm happy <laughs> to be here. People don't talk about the fact that now weddings are one of the few places you can do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a. This is something I've really found out in my 30s. It's like people, weddings, you're like, when you're younger, like, oh, how lame, they're adults. And then when you're our age, it's like, 
Finally, it's a music festival. Yeah, no, I don't. I can't. I can't be pressed up against youth anymore. I gotta. I gotta be with adults doing drugs at adult places. Wow, this is actually my first time hearing that weddings are a bastion for drug use. I had no I, idea. Let me tell you something. The last wedding I went to, truly, it was like, okay, you need to like this isn't Burning Man. Like, yeah, there are actually there are actually relatives in the crowd. <laughs> I was like openly, not even in a stall, just openly in the bathroom. Wow, that's crazy. We that's... we handed out Molly at our wedding. We we did, literally did you like did you as the groom uh, do Molly? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did but like uh, uncles do it? If they wanted to, none of them. <laughs> we didn't offer it to them, but you know, if my uncle Keith would have shown up and been like, "Hey, I heard you're 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 rolling." I'd be like, "Hell yeah, get on this ride." You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Actually, all I want to do is do Molly with all my uncles right now. Like that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I mean, think about it. I, I like you. Uncles specifically are people that you only know in a very specific context. Yeah. And I think it could yeah, really I, shatter something. I kind of think that's by design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to break through to anything deeper than that, to be honest, with my uncles. No, so I think you, you do it. the Molly with your uncles. And I think you, yeah. you agree ahead of time that whatever you tell me after this, I'll either support yeah. or call the police about. And, <laughs> Fair. And then you let it be what it is. See, to yeah. me, it's like I want to do Molly with. The, you know, um, a friend's cousins mm. that are like cool oh girls that are God. like in a sorority or not. Well, okay. Either they're really cool girls or they're like kind of uncool, but in a really fun way where then I'm rolling and I'm like, okay, we're staying in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I definitely want to go to a sorority at my current age and do Molly with all the girls. One hundred percent. That statement would be very different. For you and I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think it definitely yeah, very, implies yeah, something that's different. True, that's that true. really implies something different. But yeah. you know, it is. I there is a lot of privilege. I I was thinking about this recently because someone I know who has a who's like um, older than we are and has kind of a very professional job uh, and is gay posted a photo of himself fully in his underwear on normal Instagram, not close friends. And I was like, this is so interesting. If a straight guy did this, he would quite literally. Be fire. Yeah, no, I'd lose everything. Like, like truly, like, like if if someone that truly worked at like a firm as this guy does did this, like, and people just know now. Even straight people know, like, oh, he's just being gay, and that's okay. Yeah, if you're gay, you're allowed. It it literally is a a a flag of hey, that's just a gay man being being yeah. gay. One of my one of my best friends came out at thirty three. Like so was in the closet for obviously a very long time. And he now has transitioned into that state of posting himself in his underwear, very buff. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, I see. I see the difference in, in that state of being. Yeah. Now. Great. It's very much like, oh, he's allowed. It's like if a, if a white woman posts a photo of a mimosa, you're like, well, that's her culture. She's allowed to do that. <laughs> like, it would definitely be like different if a guy did it. But like for her, that's, you know, that's the equivalent of, you know, an Italian person posting spaghetti. Yeah, it's a, that's a gay dashiki as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I remember when I like being like 20 and like sort of exploring um, being out of the closet and being like, well, I'm never going to be like 
a speedo posting pic guy and it's like oh just oh, give no, it a few honey. years give it a yeah. few years <laughs> like oh we all be it's it's coming for you <laughs> i'll be honest yeah. i wish i had that kind of confidence so i i think it's great that y'all are are, are speedo posting that's beautiful <laughs> you know can i ask you something and i'm sorry if this is something people have asked you often you very famously played a bisexual uh character on insecure that's right yeah did you have a lot of gay guys thirsting after you after that i i to this day the people who thirst after me most are probably gay men more than wow even, wow uh straight women it's gay men <laughs> and then second is like women with kids <laughs> for some reason <laughs> yeah it's like the vibe that i i pick up on but yeah no i've had people send me their open assholes on uh Instagram <laughs> just because yeah they people will do that yeah people actually kind will of, do that <laughs> something people don't talk about when they talk about like representation and what it means for like straight men to play queer roles is like <laughs> it's also hard for them after because then literally for the rest of their lives Gay men are sending them their holes. Listen, and the the fucked up thing that Hollywood does is that it 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 typecasts you, right? So immediately yes. after Insecure, that was all I was getting offered is like gay roles and or roles where like the his sexuality is in question type shit. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I at a certain point had to be like, "Hey, bro, stop doing this. Like, yeah. it's it's not. I have no issue with the roles. I enjoy the work. I think the the writing is important." But you mm-hmm. got to leave me the fuck out of it because it's not helping yeah. me. <laughs> Somebody I mean, else well, has you know, to do this. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if only Timothy Chalamet and Jared Leto were, were as straightforward as you are. I know. You're doing so much for the community, actually. But it really, you're being, you were, you were punished for being, uh, for really committing to the role, I feel. Yeah, I, I was fully in it. You were so believable that people were like, well, okay, I guess he's buying. <laughs> Or I guess he's willing to hear me out. I don't even know if they believed yes. I was bi. They were just like, I bet. Yeah. I bet he'll hear me out if I show him my booty hole. Yeah. Well, he read those lines, so he must want to see a pic of my hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, the he's way. Not gonna, he's not going to yell at me if I show him my booty hole. So let's start there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's okay. But this is also similar where it's like, again, if a straight guy showed anyone there rightly so he would be reprimanded but when gay guys do it it's like well you know that's just a handshake fellas that's just (laughs) that's just how they say hi i bet you even even if you complained about it like if you said you know went on like a talk show or something talked about it then people would be like well what (laughs) what does he not is he homophobic yeah And that's the biggest issue is that I can't even and I'm so happy that we're having this conversation. Yes. But I can't even really vocalize what I'm feeling too loudly without it being absolute homophobia. I have to to not only have played the role, not only accept the holes, but but maintain a gratitude for the holes that I never meant to invite into my my life. And, and to this day, you respond thank you to each of them because you don't want to be canceled. Thank you for your whole. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I um. Your whole makes me whole. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah. You send handwritten thank you cards every Christmas. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. This is really making me realize like Timothy Chalamet can literally never use a phone. Like if no. he even turns it on, it's just like whole, 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 whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like that has to be so traumatizing. It does make you think. What are they expect? I mean, I guess it's just a thrill of sending something, but it's like I'm putting myself in the in these people's shoes. It's like, 
well, maybe my hole is the one that will really make him like. Yeah, I see here that he's married, <laughs> but maybe maybe he hasn't found the right hole. You know, I, you know, I, he keeps posting pictures of his infant daughter. I bet my hole could change that. I bet my hole could make him leave that that baby behind uh, for for hole. Hey, you know what though? Even after even after having this conversation, I'm still like, good for them. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They were keeping the dream alive. <laughs> it is the the thing that I respect most about gay men is like the y'all shoot your shots. Like it, yeah. it truly yeah. is a culture that supports all of the problematic behavior that happens in 100%. straight uh interactions with women. But y'all are like, hey, shoot your shot, dog. It doesn't matter. We're we'll accept it or we won't, and we'll we'll group chat about it and move on with our lives. A hundred. Yeah. yeah, there's something yeah. where it's like no matter how humiliating something is, basically it's forgotten within like two seconds because someone else has done something even more. <laughs> yeah, I got actually a really weird um, message one time that feels relevant to this conversation where it was a guy pouring pudding on, all over his head. Like he was. <laughs> oh, you told me <laughs> he was on naked his, and like on his head. Pouring- head? On his head, like on his, he was naked and had a big bowl of pudding, (laughs) poured it on his head and while doing so got hard and like was sort of like breathing weird. And I was like, and he sent that to you directly. He sent this directly to me. And this was like before the podcast, like it was sort of like, if you know me like like how like i'm not like (laughs) yeah he saw you at union hall (laughs) right literally like it was like what show for 50 people did you happen to be in the audience for but it was like let me ask this what do you believe that he already had the pudding video or did he make that specific for you Mm. i mean i think Sam's like, I never thought about that before. I thought it was just for me. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought it was just for me. I thought I was his special boy. I don't I don't know what this but is. But you're 100% yeah. right. I bet he's like kind of casting a wide net and sort of seeing who gets yeah, into it. Yeah, who's in the pudding. <laughs> <laughs> where are my pudding boys at? Where, where are they at? <laughs> They're out there somewhere. So it was a bucket of a, a large thing of a pudding. A large bowl of pudding. That he a poured on his head, pudding. a vat of pudding, a vat of which means pudding. like raises more questions. Like, did he like empty a bunch of little cups of pudding and put <laughs> of it? Of course, in? that's the number one question. Yeah, <laughs> or he did bought he, like, a twenty-four make... pack. He emptied <laughs> the twenty-four pack, pack you know. into one bowl, and then he poured I mean, it on his yeah. head. That's commitment. I mean, that's so much time spent on a very niche fetish. But hey, you know, you got the time. I I see what you do. You want that to be special to you and i i respect that if you do if it's all that i want it to be special to yeah me. i mean it yeah. means more i mean it's kind of like when someone is being um even even in a platonic non-sexual way when someone is kind of like you know talking to you a lot at a party or or even like okay this happened sam this happened yesterday to both of us where there was someone a, a, a good acquaintance of ours i would say someone who kept kind of Every time he would be talking to someone, he would be very tactile. Oh. Like touching like the back of their neck and like going Ooh. very close. And each time when it was you, you were like, maybe it's me. Maybe he loves me. <laughs> yeah. And then you would see him kind of going through every <laughs> single other man at the party doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I, we, uh, for pause with Sam J, the, we, at one point we had these two very buff gay dudes playing like her gay security guards for a bit. And (laughs) one of them was arguably the most gorgeous human being I've ever seen in my life. Like objectively (laughs) just a, a fucking God amongst men. And he wouldn't talk to me. 
Like he wouldn't. Wow. Like you know what I mean? Like he was very like. Yeah. He wouldn't say hi. He wouldn't like. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, good job, bro. And he wouldn't. He'd would just be like, mm-hmm, and like move on. And it hurt my feelings so bad because I just wanted <laughs> yeah. him to like me. Because he's you Damn. know he's fucking gorgeous. Please, big gorgeous man, like me. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't <laughs> yeah. like me. It's tough when um. It's really tough when you can so clearly tell someone isn't talking to you because they're more attractive. <laughs> and that's what hurt like, the most. It, it really, like, it, and, and it does happen. Like, it's obviously, like, it happens everywhere, but it does especially happen in, in gay spaces, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. When you're like, oh, I see. You actually don't see me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't exist. All right. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. was last night. Sam, were you there? This was Sam and I were at a gay bar yesterday, like, during the day. And this was maybe, like, 6 p.m. But... A separate group. There were just three muscle, uh, muscly guys, just kind of forming a triangle, and they kept each just making out with the other, then turning and making out with the one next to them. Then the <laughs> other guy would turn. It was just like it kept going in Whoa. a circle, but yeah. it was so like streamlined and choreographed that it didn't even seem sexual. It was just like, <laughs> and now you. I uh, know. I obviously clocked that instantly, um, and was it was insane. I was so into it. I was so jealous. I was like, look at you guys setting up your little daytime threesome, like wow. literally on the sidewalk at six p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and like almost being like tasteful about it like not being like we're Completely wasted tasteful. and crazy I would, like we're, I would not be surprised if they were all sober like it was oh, just like okay that's yeah. sick work then that's not good it right? is yes I agree Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast in each episode Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow Paul W. Downs and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah, so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Stradio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We're going back in. All right, we are back. You know, we had a, we had a technical difficulty for those listening, and um, we're not going to address it. So we're back. <laughs> so we're back. And actually, what's amazing is we're going to do our first segment. And Langston, our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of rapid fire questions, basically this thing or this other thing. The only rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions about how the game works, and it's not supposed to make sense. So get that out of your head right now. All right. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> George, do you want to kick us off? Yes, I shall. Um, this is so much more dramatic with my camera off. Yes. No, I this, know, I love it. It's got real big brother energy. <laughs> no one can tell if I'm making kind of a, a, a face making fun of them. Um, all right, Langston. A framed print or a famed stint in a luxury rehab facility for exhaustion? <laughs> Give me that framed print. <laughs> okay, Langston. Weird flex, but okay. Or she's giving nothing, but it's kind of a sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> okay, Langston. The fall of the Roman Empire or the rise of pickleball? <laughs> uh, the, the fall of Roman Empire. <laughs> okay. Mortal enemies or immortal pals, a.k.a. best friends forever? Uh, immortal pals, best friends forever. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl or the decorative plate? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm going with the decorative plate. All I right, think. all right. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac or Golden Showers by a consenting partner? <laughs> I'm going Fleetwood Mac. Give me, give me Fleetwood. Um. Well. Okay. A MacArthur Genius Grant or Old McDonald had a farm. <laughs> wow. I just like the way you say McDonald, so I'm gonna go Old McDonald had all a right. farm. Okay. Knowing all that glitters is not gold. Or finding out all that glitters is not gold when you were today years old. <laughs> the first one. I'm not saying all that back to you. But... Wow. Um, like I said, I think that was an incredible performance. Thank you so much. I, you know, yeah. you train for things like this. And, yes, uh, that's right. Yeah. That's why we practice. You know, that really felt almost like a performance of what a podcast segment would feel like. Like there was something about that particular one, that run of it where I was like, Oh, I sound like a podcast person. Like I sound like yeah. I'm doing like a, uh, a segment on a podcast in and, a way that, that can be a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah. We like to think of ourselves as we like to think of ourselves kind of ironically podcasting, not quite, you know, we can oh, start no, with everything has industry outsiders marks. yeah we're no, industry, industry outsiders. outsiders of course you're both hosting the daily to me you know you're- 
You're both Michael many, Babaros as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he's a huge figure in this pod. Yeah, he's a hero. And a, and a, and a mentee of both of ours, actually. <laughs> a mentee. He's studying a under mentee. under your tutelage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's getting there, but, you know. Yeah, he's not ready for to be on air yet for us. I want to believe that you guys are the ones that taught him to, uh, to go, hmm, whenever somebody's <laughs> talking. I mean, Michael Barbaro, in many ways, is so relevant to our podcast because he was a formerly gay man who now is married to a woman is that true is that's true yes whoa i'm not i'm not i don't know how he identifies but i do know that he was i believe either married or long-term partnered with a man and then fell in love with his producer who was a woman and now i think they're definitely together and maybe have i don't know if they have kids but they're together yeah wow yeah pretty thrilling michael barbaro it's kind of this thing that it's kind of this thing that has been written about in literally like so many articles and yet no one really it never <laughs> stuck it's like this strange thing where like no one really knows about it even though it's kind of like a salacious piece of gossip well he's also like uh one of those figures where it's like i don't know anything about him period you know what i mean yeah. like i don't yeah i'm not looking up michael barbar you know what i mean like i don't fucking care what that <laughs> yeah. guy is going yeah on. one time i started looking up terry gross and i was like actually i'd rather not yeah know. i don't <laughs> what is it? i was like i don't want to wait i don't want to know if she's married and i don't want to know like where she's from like she, <laughs> is this gonna make my my day better no it, yeah it could only I, yeah, slow yeah. me down to learn about these individuals yeah. <laughs> You know what Michael Barbaro thing annoys me? I I hate the here's what else you need to know today. He like luxuriates in saying that so much. And like, mm. it's like, he's like, here's what else you need to know today. And it's, here's it what always else. reminds me. You need to know today. It's like, it, yeah, he's like trying to find like different like melodies for it. And it's like, calm yeah. down, like deliver the news. Okay. Don't like sing yeah. me a song. No, it's very like, uh, you know, the podcast equivalent of like, seeing a theater actor who's clearly like doing Juilliard like yes we know you've studied you, you know you, you are clearly like making a choice here here's my I I do think that at some point he became self-aware inside of yes. the bit mm, I completely agree mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I think the first couple episodes he was he was like oh that's just how he talked and it had some weird intonations but then at some point he heard people making fun of him. He was like, well, now I will I will wear that badge proudly and do it worse <laughs> than I did before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he is in that sense doing almost like a Nathan for you type cringe comedy. And for that, you know, we have to stand. <laughs> yeah, that's always how I would describe the daily. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is a Nathan for you of podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's a satire of a daily news uh, podcast. It really is, though. <laughs> I mean, when he does his reactions, uh, it, like when someone is talking and he goes, mm. Mm. <laughs> damn. But it's always the, them bless. saying something real regular. And he's like, mm. yes, 100 <laughs> percent. It's like people are being like, well, you know, the election is next year. And he's like, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Oh, I, I hope I hope he starts doing that. Yeah, he should. He should start doing. That. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> say, say that. Say that. <laughs> so the midterms are coming up. Say that. Speak on it. Speak on it. <laughs> wow. Oh man. We should be producers on that show. I completely agree. I think you got to be producers and <laughs> and I think you got to fall in love with them and start a different kind of family. Yes. Yeah. Oh he, my his God. next era, you know, he's done gay, he's done straight. Time to do poly. <laughs> <laughs>
It's actually, it's time for Sam, me, and Michael Barbaro to be those three hot guys at the bar all making oh, out. Just kissing. Dead 6 p.m. So sober. Yeah, 6 p.m. And, yeah. and while the other one's kissing, you got to go, mm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, well, two of them are kissing. The third one is like, okay, say that. <laughs> wow. Wow. <sighs> um, should we introduce our topic? I think we should absolutely get into our topic today. You know, I'll say this before we do that. It is so tempting right now to turn my camera on because everything is going well. And yet I know in my heart that if I do that, things will stop going well. And I just wanted to put that tension out there and kind of address it for what it was. <laughs> well, you know what that is? Um, you know, do you know the preparedness paradox? No. So it's like when you over prepare for something like, yeah, like it, then that the thing you're fearing doesn't happen and you feel like, oh, I wasted. I over prepared. But if you yeah. under prepare, then the thing that you are trying to avoid happening does happen. So <laughs> am, I'm um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, I'm nodding. You can't tell because, again, my camera's on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. There, there's so many yeah. times where I'm like, I didn't even have to do all that, but I definitely needed yeah. to do all that yeah. to yeah to make sure i didn't uh fail miserably yeah yeah a, a lesson for everyone working at verizon in charge of my home's internet is you can never <laughs> over prepare <laughs> when setting it up so next time you know what reach higher yeah because george will have to move in order to get good internet i literally will move i swear to god <laughs> like yeah I, I don't think you can live like this forever this it's is... just crazy all right um langston we would love for you to introduce your topic and maybe uh, say a little bit about well, why I think, it's straight. Oh, sorry. Well, and I think introduce it, and I think we can all talk about how we uh, we can all we how can we all got talk to about it today. It. But let's introduce what it is. Okay yeah. the the topic is is yes. poetry. 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 And, and you know, full disclosure, I did kind of um, I put that on you. You joined, and I said I want you to talk about poetry because you, you said, "Listen, bitch." This is, yeah, your, I did, I did. this is your goddamn really topic. Yeah. And I was a George and you said, shut the fuck up. This is your topic. <laughs> Langston, really? I heard Langston say, like, I don't even know if it counts as a, I don't even know if this is a, and George said, I want you to talk about poetry and that's final. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I do think Langston, you were a little hesitant because you were like, I didn't know that was straight. Mm. Yeah, I did. I was called gay for a long time. Yes, in part. I see what you. I see what you would think that for sure. <laughs> yes, for for doing poetry. So it it blew my mind away that that this was a a straight thing. George and you actually did push it as a straight topic. So I would love to hear maybe what what well, you were thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like poetry. Okay, I'll say this: poetry as an art form. I 100% accept is queer. It's, you know, it's mm -hmm. like you are playing with language. It's not literal. It is, um, of course, has a history of literally essentially how closeted people speak is through poetry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there, uh, there, there's no denying that. I think, and I'm kind of thinking through this in real time. So if it doesn't make sense, then, you know, go off me. <laughs> but I think that the kind of afterlife of poetry, I'm thinking readings at weddings. I'm thinking uh, oh. Rupi Carr, mm. the Instagram poet. I'm thinking, you know, like Instagrams where people will post, you know, three lines scribbled on a piece of paper. Um, I'm trying to think. It's also kind of very like 
the moody guy. It's almost like adjacent to like an acoustic guitar, something a guy does to impress a girl. Uh, yeah, um, I, I will say that that is 100% one of the, the leading causes for my entering poetry was yes. just really just trying to impress girls that I was I was either in love with or thought I was as a fucking, you know, eighth grader. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did it work? Oh, never once. Not <laughs> once. No, all he got out of it was hole picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were like got zero <laughs> hole, front door back from those ladies. <laughs> wow. I definitely see the the like okay, George, you're pointing to two things. The intersection of Instagram and poetry. Yeah. yeah that is ex- like Pinterest vibes. That yes. is very straight. Uh, like the aesthetic of poetry where it's like mm-hmm. it's not about like reading it and being like moved by it it's about like doesn't isn't this a cozy feeling like yeah, it doesn't right. give me cozy i think uh plagiarism sounds like the straight element of poetry <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. taking the words of somebody who was you know actually dealing in these flowery thoughts and then being like this this is how i feel about my mom that's yeah that's my mom of course yes 100 percent. and it's also like um there's all these kind of obvious poems that make their way around every you know valentine's day poems uh like poems associated with holidays it's a sort of shorthand it's a kind of easy way to project uh, something artsy Mm. (laughs) right yeah i can't it's a way of pretending that you've read more than you have Yes. Like every if you if you post a poem or a fucking quote from a poem, I think you've read like a bunch of books this year. And I, you know, deep <laughs> down, you know, you haven't. Mm-hmm. I want to know, Langston, when you were in you went to did you go to school for poetry? I went to. Yeah, I have a, a uh, MFA in poetry. So how was that in terms of like the. How are the vibes? <laughs> 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 Oh, they were, they were vibey, baby. No, yeah. <laughs> we, it's a weird uh, education because you just are with this tiny cohort. I had 10, there were nine, nine other people in the classroom. Uh, and so we just would meet up twice a week and critique each other's poems and, and then uh, part ways. Like that was the, the gig for however the fuck long I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that that <laughs> would a poetry MFA program count more straight or gay? <laughs> oh, thank you for asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking the tough ones. And uh, I'd say if I'm following some of what George is putting down, I'd say it's more straight than it is gay. Mm. I, I think, And now we said it. And now we said it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's it's very sort of like stringent in its its processes and it really is like the the study of the word. Once you start studying and shit, I don't yeah. I don't really associate that with gay culture. That's y- y'all seem freer than that. Wow. So you're saying mm. we're uneducated. Yeah, no, you're big old <laughs> dumb idiots. That's what I've always believed. <laughs> <laughs> Education's for straight people. <laughs> Well, well, no, you, yeah. no, it's a very strange thing. You are absolutely I, I, right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the queer element of poetry is how um, improvisate. You know how? Um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, not improvisational, but like, 
you know, it just flows out of you. It's kind of like a way to express things that can't be expressed yeah. in prose, you know, that kind of thing. And then, yes, when you study it, it's almost like you're trying to uh, create rules for something that should be, you know, lawless, someone lawless. Yes. Yeah. No, I yeah. the queer version of it is is guy who stands up on a on a cafeteria table and just starts saying a poem out in front of everybody and and boy right. is it a good poem and everybody loves the energy of it but the you know the straight version is like a i've got a a journal with uh three versions of the poem written out one mm-hmm. i like better than the other kind of thing and i'll say this like in terms of the the place of poetry in our current world i think for instance something that is straight is kind of suburban moms loving amanda gorman oh wow (laughs) yeah that is real yeah (laughs) she (laughs) i think amanda gorman may be the straightest poet uh (laughs) ever in history yeah for sure yeah that was such a weird thing when it was like it was strange she did it and then everyone was like Okay, I've always loved poetry my whole life. This is this woman I can tell is a genius poet, and I love her. And it was like, you, what are, what is anyone talking about? Yeah, I do feel for her because she was put in this impossible position where she was like twenty two, I think, when it happened, and like you know, she's still like working through like her style and 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 what she wants to say, and then suddenly now she is forced to write. (laughs) There was like, I read somewhere she like wrote some kind of poem that was commissioned about like climate change. And you could just tell, you know, she doesn't know much about climate change yet. She's young. Yeah. She's in her early twenties. <laughs> yeah. She, she was, was really kind of like rhyming polar bears with, you know, <laughs> molar hairs. It was molar like, Amanda, hairs. there's no yeah. hairs on your molars. No hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 she has a children's book now that that's right. a, a thing. Like there's so many, so many versions of the the thing that she's now obligated to do yeah because she was uh invited for a very stupid thing in the first place like who the fuck wants funny. the a yeah. poem at any of these things <laughs> yeah truly <laughs> i mean it's funny to see the afterlife of the two breakout stars of the inauguration, which was Ella Emhoff and Amanda Gorman. <laughs> Suddenly, Amanda Gorman has to write poems about climate change 24-7, and Ella Emhoff is a full-on runway model. And you're like, okay, <laughs> maybe just let this be its own moment. Like, the inauguration is over. Yeah, you don't have to You don't have to keep obligating this girl to, to doing dumb stuff. <laughs> yeah. Let her be free. Let her be free. Oh, my God. I um I actually get embarrassed thinking about, like, being in college and thinking like being like like loving to pretend not pretend but like loving to like get really into poetry like i would like love to like get a book and like be like oh i'm like just sorry i'm reading a book of poems right now like i'm just like really <laughs> feeling a lot of feelings like life is so crazy and i'm like 19 yeah and it was so embarrassing as a thing and <laughs> i am trying to decide whether that is gay or straight but i almost think straight because you're like wanting to appear like you're keeping up appearances of like intellectual rather than like being intellectual were you out at that point were you i was one foot in one foot out it was Mm. like yeah uh, that was straight baby that was you (laughs) that was you giving up that that little straight uh jacket for right at the end where you're like Nah, I, I'm still I'm, I still might need to try to get pussy, so maybe this will be. Yeah. 
that, that was very much like i'm never gonna wear a speedo i'm gonna read poems and it was like yeah. no bitch <laughs> poetry like i feel like i'm trying to think if there's other there are other things that are like this but it's almost like poetry cannot exist outside your preconceptions about poetry it's almost like impossible to just read a poem for what it is without being like, I am reading poetry. Mm. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I also think a, a newspaper is similar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can, I can consume the news in plenty of ways, but if I'm reading a newspaper, I'm like, this is crazy. Look like Very I'm reading true, a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> like I can lose myself in a book. I can lose myself in an album. I can, you know, uh, even go to a museum, but there are certain things where you're just very aware yeah, that this is the part of the movie where you are reading a poem. Yeah, I, I, I did a. I have an entire master's degree in this shit, and I a hundred percent agree with you. I the entire time I was like, poetry, huh? We're still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're in poems. These are poems. <laughs> I would even argue being in a seminar, like in a in a grad school seminar, is similar to that, where you're so aware of like this is like. I'm in dead poet society. Yeah, like, the, it's like, like you are very aware of the fact that you are giving feedback for, to someone's work. And, and in theory being, uh, this is what's going to make me a professional. This is what's going to make me right. a finished man to, to face the world is, is giving feedback to, to poems. I'd be like, you and the feedback is always the same. Well, first of all, this is a poem. We should just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's start there. Let's just start there. This is a poem. <laughs> It's just, it's just everyone going around saying, well, that is a poem, and then everyone snaps. <laughs> well, I think when when you were reading that, I think the first thing I picked up on was the fact that it is a poem. Um, <laughs> and the yeah. second thing I, I kept um, sort of picking up on is the fact that we're in a poetry MFA program. Else that's weird? Literally. We're yeah, grad and, students. And that, that really says it all. Like, it's really just, well, that was a poem, and we are grad students. Next. <laughs> That'll be it for today, everybody. Good, good work. Yeah, I really like that line about the fact that this is a poem. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Incredible. I'm like, where do we? This is one of those things. I actually, it does feel straight in a, a very honest way. We recently did an episode on footwear, and it, I actually feel like it was a, as a topic, we completely failed our listeners because we were like, well, basically, we ended up being like, being we gay. love shoes. We love shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We were like trying to talk about sneaker culture and we kept talking about like um, Carrie in Sex in the City wearing high heels. Uh, and we kept being well. like talking about like loafers and like sort of what our shoe yeah. things are yeah, like. We were like, right I now. love loafers. Yeah, you, you, you couldn't you couldn't unsee yourself inside of exactly. that, that story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But this feels this actually does feel straight, even though there is uh, um, countless queer longings in poetry. This it really does feel straight. Yeah. Can I tell you what's straight? E.E. E. Cummings. Mm. And how come? Well, (laughs) I just feel like there's something about, and listen, E.E. Cummings, of course, a a, a supremely talented poet. He doesn't need me to say that, but I don't think he's listening. I'll be real with you. Don't you think that he's like the platonic ideal of a poem you would read at someone's wedding Mm. as the reading? Mm. I could see that he it's yeah. it's like an E. E. Cummings, Mary Oliver. Yes, is is a name that comes to mind where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that that it was built for this. Yeah, I mean, we do George sort of in the same way we were defending David Sedaris earlier. I think when it comes to E. E. Cummings, we have to respect that if it were not for E. E. Cummings, oh, he is mother. He is mother. <laughs> if, if not for E. E. Cummings, pop stars would never do like song titles with all lowercase with uh, all lowercase, letters. of course. Yeah, so, like, E. E. Cummings is mother, need... and without him, there is no God as a woman by Ariana Grande. Um, absolutely. 
Absolutely. All the, the, the fucking uh, weekend spelling his name the way yes. he does. That's, yes. that's the Cummings, baby. Yeah, we have him to thank. He is mother, and we need to respect that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Did E.E. E. Cummings or Bell Hooks come first in terms of spelling? Oh, obviously E.E. E. Cummings. Yeah, E.E. E. Cummings came. <laughs> okay. Came first. Wow. My new, what if my new take was Bell Hooks was copying E.E. E. Cummings? <laughs> Everyone would really love that. I think that should be the title of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very passionate about the fact that you know, people copying E.E. E. Cummings. <laughs> People think she's such an original, but she's just doing E.E. E. Cummings drag. Oh, man. This, listen, if nothing else, I'd, I'd be in y'all mentions for hours. Yeah, yeah. Just I'll tell you this. Enjoying. You, you, would, you would get fewer holes and more just plain out hate mail. Oh, from man. People would be furious. Yeah. We'd get a lot more pudding videos, but non-sexually. <laughs> just wanting to traumatize us. Sam, have you seen, I'm taking a risk by asking this, have you seen the film In Her Shoes starring Cameron Diaz? I have not no, seen the film. I have not seen this. Wow. Well, it is, of course, about two sisters, Cameron Diaz and Tony Collette. And at some point, it's revealed that Cameron Diaz might be illiterate because she just, like, never learned to read. And at the and then at some point, Tony Collette gets married and Cameron Diaz reads an E.E. E. Cummings poem at her wedding. And and she has learned to read. <laughs> is this a... <laughs> Is this a a comedy? Is that it's you know the, the the question you're asking is so important because the reason why it's not more successful is because it is unclear whether it's a comedy or not. Oh, it's, it, they didn't know how to sell it really, but it is actually a really good movie that I've seen maybe five times. But it but it, so she can't read, and that's like a funny thing. It's not. She to be honest, I don't remember the, the 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 part about her not being able to read. I can't remember how literal that was, or if it's just that she was like a bad student and then she was insecure, blah blah. But basically, there's two sisters. Tony Collette is like the brainy one mm. who's like insecure about Cameron Diaz being hot. And then Cameron Diaz is like the slutty dumb one. Great. And then she moves in with Shirley MacLaine in her old, in her kind of uh, nursing home and finds herself by being a kind of surrogate daughter to all these older women. I, I hope that this is the movie that she, the last <laughs> movie she did before she retired. I hope that yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is her goodbye to the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was pretending but, not to read and then just being like, exactly. I love the sport. But I do think it's like, uh, you know, to read E.E. E. Cummings, it's like Cameron Diaz reading E.E. E. Cummings in a wedding in a movie is exactly what E.E. E. Cummings was meant for. Mm. Wow. Which is, if only he e. e. was alive to see yeah, that. Yeah, I was about to say, I do not think that he would love hearing this were he here. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, I mean, that's how I want to be immortalized. I would love for someone to sort of read a transcript of our podcast in a um, big feature film in 50 yeah. years. Um, at a, a wedding? feature film that <laughs> underperforms. At a, at a wedding yeah. where everyone's on Molly with all their uncles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have we like gotten to the bottom of poetry? I actually think we've gotten to the bottom. You know, of you it. you'd think it would be a complicated topic. You'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I I do think, uh, and I I I was wrong when we started that that although I think I think the judgment and and sort of yes. like it's almost like uh, some mean hate crimey shit where it's like mm -hmm. people are just using poetry as a weapon to call people gay, queer, whatever. But in reality, it's a pretty straight. It's got a lot of straight shit. Yeah. Deaf poetry jam. I remember that. That, was, <laughs> that felt straight as fuck to me. Most deaf <laughs> is hosting it. <laughs> no, it's very yeah, true. Yeah, that feels pretty straight. Uh, there's also something almost like because it's such a gay art form, then it allows for the men, the toxic men, to actually be even more toxic because they're like, "Well, I'm a poet." Mm. Yeah. 
it's a shield for toxic men. It's a shield <laughs> for toxic masculinity. Shield for toxic men. But poetry and literature are shields for toxic masculinity, and they need to be banned. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. There are I I know about as many creeps in the poetry world as exactly. I do in the comedy one, and uh, of course, <laughs> and of I know course. a lot. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, I think that's true. You can be a little. You can be like that dude y'all were describing who's like real touchy. You can be that in a poetry mm-hmm. space. And it's like, oh, yeah. he's of the earth or some shit. Yeah. Well, just to be clear, Langston, he was gay, so it was okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gay guys can't be creepy, famously. They can be empowered. <laughs> yeah, gay guys can't be creepy. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this, I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Could just be me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Well, Sam, should we do our final segment? I think we should. Is that nutso? Um, it is kind of nutso, but I'm trying to, I guess like we pretty much, I want to just, oh, oh, this is what I want to say about poetry. I had a final point I wanted to make about poetry. Um, You know how like, I feel like on Twitter, there's like a meme sort of that's like, uh, like how come like now gay guys dress like this and straight guys dress like this and it's like mm-hmm. the gay guys in like all baggy clothes and the straight guys and in, like, yeah the gay guys in like all Carhartt and the straight guys in like teeny tiny shorts and like a tank top and it's yeah. like when did this happen and I feel like poetry has kind of had that um, journey where it was like <laughs> doing poetry used to be like a dog whistle for you are gay and now it's a dog whistle for you are straight yeah <laughs> in a different way <laughs> Look at that straight man trying to have good straight sex with his words. 
<laughs> oh god i will yeah whatever i don't know i i also tried to write poetry in college i was so bad at it Whoa. i would always be like i would be like this is the most serious like soul bearing thing i've ever written in my life and people would be like i found this really funny and i was like <laughs> <laughs> wrong wrong <laughs> <laughs> There are rules to this. It's not just open-ended. I, I meant something. <laughs> yeah. Let me just explain it to you really quick. Yeah, that, I, that's honestly, I, I don't write poetry anymore. And that was one of the main reasons I stopped was like, oh, this is too serious. Like at a certain point, this is truly just me having to be endlessly serious. And it would be nice to yeah to just talk about whole with, with yeah. some fine gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't talk about hole in poetry anymore. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> they banned it. They banned it. They, they banned, banned it. it. They banned it. When they decided poetry was straight, they banned all hole content. <laughs> Which is crazy. It's like, this was this is what built the art form. This is what, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're dotting their eyes with holes. Like, how are you taking that out of there? <laughs> wow, what a beautiful imagery. Dotting their eyes with yeah, holes. Yeah, truly. Wow. Oh, really I'm powerful. I'm just imagining a, a special font where all the eyes are... <laughs> Listen, I didn't go to school for poetry for nothing, you know? Yeah. I applied. I mean, it finally came out. Yeah. (laughs) I was waiting. I was really waiting and we got it. Oh, and you know what else is straight? Sorry, just a final thought. All any kind of like poetry that has rules, like a haiku. Mm. That is straight. Sonnets. I mean, needing like iambic pentameters, like grow up. Yeah, like shut up. I'll decide how many (laughs) syllables I do. (laughs) And it's going to sound good, okay? It's going to sound good. It doesn't need to follow your rules. It's still going to (laughs) work. Let's do our final seg. All right, let's do it. George, will you introduce it? I would be absolutely (laughs) elated to. Langston, our final segment is our homage to the classic straight art form of radio shout out. So we are going to mm. give shout outs. Imagine you're on Z100, Z Morning Zoo. Imagine you are in uh, MTV's TRL in approximately the year 1998 to 2002. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just, you know, something that you want to shout out, something that's been bringing you joy. You know, we're, we like to end on a positive note here at Stradio Lab. Here at the, in the Stradio Lab household. Sam, do you have one? Um, I, I can do one kind of like on a whim. Okay. You do yours first. Okay. Okay. All right. What's up freaks and losers out there. I want to give a quick shout out to ham and cheese croissants. Mm. I feel like there is this very harmful stereotype that croissants should be sweet. You, we all know chocolate croissants. We all know almond croissants and we all know plain croissants. But let me tell you something, put a little ham and cheese in there. You got yourself lunch. You got yourself a meal. Suddenly it's not just a pastry. It is a whole damn snack. (laughs) And so next time you go get your coffee, be brave enough to get one of those ham and cheese croissants. You know there's going to be eight left, whereas all the other ones are going to be almost done. And they are waiting for you, baby. As Taylor Swift said, welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. <laughs> Woo! Okay, I have one. Um, All right. Okay. What's up, everyone around the globe? I want to give a huge shout out to Jumping on a Trend. I know that you're seeing the trends, and I know that you're thinking, well, it's already happening. I missed it. I'm too late. No, you're not too late. Now more than ever, you can jump on any trend that you want to. I saw everyone wearing those like work pants that have the weird like front part. 
part on the knee thing, like the knee guard thing. Um, and I was like, damn, it's already happening. These damn pants are in Madewell. I missed it. Then I saw, I just decided, hey, you know what? Let's hop on board. I got some of these pants and I'm loving them. I'm getting compliments left and right. And people think I've been on the trend since the beginning. I haven't been, but no one cares. And everyone is really respectful and I'm having fun. And that's all that matters. So if you see a trend and you think you're too late, you're not too late. Stay in line. Wow. Get on that trend. <laughs> Wait, Sam, that is so, you're so right. This is how I felt when I finally ordered an espresso martini, probably a year late. It was delicious. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. You have to jump on the trends. I, I own baggy jeans now because kids do. Yeah. And, and yes. <laughs> that wasn't my plan. I was like, I'm going to be wearing skinny jeans probably for the rest of my life. But nope. They said change it. So now that's. You know, when else. that happened, I, the whiplash I got when suddenly the skinny jeans were illegal again. I was in shock. We we did that for like a full decade. Yeah, no, we we had a long run with skinny jeans. Yeah, and as a society, I still don't feel feel like we've like properly mourned the loss of them. Like we, a lot of people put their identities in that, and now they're just dead and yeah. even maligned. Well, it, it, it's a it's a difficult thing because it became so loud, uh, mm -hmm. people hating them very quickly, and I didn't even feel that the hatred sincerely. But I had yeah. to be on board with being like, nope, everybody said we don't do this no more. So, so yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so crazy. Even now I, I see myself like I'll see someone wearing skinny jeans. I'll be like, oh, loser. He, doesn't, he hasn't gotten the memo. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I, that was me like not that long ago. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. I, it, it makes perfect sense how you become a Nazi. I get it. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, just to be clear, Sam's uh, shout out is for being a follower. It's OK to be a follower. <laughs> well, I think. When no matter what the ideology is. When you're 21, you're sort of like, yeah. of course I'm doing things my way, but really you're just, yes. you know, following all your friends. But then yeah. when you're 30, the thing that you did when you were 21 is completely irrelevant and stupid. And you have to lose your sense of self and and completely follow the trends. It's yeah, you and, got it. and actually you can have fun That's doing it. It's a sign it. of maturity. It's a sign of growing up and it's a sign of selflessness and understanding yeah. that you're not the most important thing in the world. hundred percent. No longer caring about being original is the biggest sign of maturity and you should be given a Nobel Peace Prize for it. <laughs> and I hate Mondays. Yeah. And it also is like, hey, I haven't given up. I'm still... <laughs> I'm still yeah. doing this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just, if I wear the same clothes forever, I've given, I've given everything up. I don't, I don't deserve yeah. to live anymore. <laughs> wow, the the poet, the poetry MFA once again jumped out. <laughs> wow, um, Langston? Well, Langston, whenever you are ready to do a shout out, if you have one in mind. Okay, I got one. Uh, this this means hey hey all you. You freaks and weirdos out there, you know who the fuck you are. I want to give a special shout out to Dried Cherries. That's right, Dried Ooh. Cherries. Everybody is talking about craisins and dried cranberries and all that, but but fuck them. They don't they don't do what dried cherries do. Dried wow. cherries are awesome. They taste a little different than dried everything else, and they're they're good. And if you eat enough of them, it's basically like eating. An entire bag of real cherries, and that's that's not good for you. So they're not that healthy, and you shouldn't probably have as many as I do a day. But goddamn, do they taste good? And I, I want them to be, have the representation they deserve. Wow, Woo, that I was really that. powerful. I love that you used your platform to speak up for <laughs> the underprivileged, the dried cherries. Yeah, they don't get enough credit.
No, they actually get zero credit. I almost didn't even know they existed. They've been erased. I, yeah, <laughs> no, they really have. And it, it doesn't make sense. What what are cranberries doing? That we don't eat cranberries. I know, like shut undried. Raisins, please. Yeah. No, it's disgusting. Something's up. Some and uh, shadow government is real. Yeah, big yeah. big cranberry really uh, has got his foot down Joe Biden's neck. <laughs> <laughs> I think cherries really like uh, cherries became through kind of the artificial flavor of cherry, which is always like the most childlike one. It's like the mm. cherry Jolly Ranch or Lollipop, whatever. Then it became almost like uh, childlike to enjoy cherries. Mm. And we need to reclaim them. Yeah, I want cherries back. I, I think they deserve uh, an, another chance to prove themselves. Yes, agreed. There also is something inherently sexual about cherries, and I think I know, our that's, puritanical that's culture childish, has yeah, uh, It's either childish them. or sexual. It's a sort of Madonna whore complex. <laughs> I think there's actually something to that. Yeah, even even cherries as, as are represented in our adulthood, it's like the fucking cherries at a, a bar. That, those yeah. aren't yes. cherries. Yeah. Those are those aren't cherries. That's yeah. something else. But that's what we're we're told is a cherry, and it's like, oh, grow up, <laughs> grow up. Yeah. Cherries are different than that. Literally, literally, grow up, eat cherries, and get on trends two years late. <laughs> yeah, untie that that uh, that knot from your tongue. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a big deal for like a, a good decade there. I the ultimate <laughs> sign of being a sex freak. Yeah, like you would th- that that would have any application uh, yeah, directly yeah, on a yeah. penis. I don't know what it I was. Know, truly. It's like, I never understood. Penis is a very different beast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really never understood what they were trying to say with it. Like I was like, is this a good kissing? Is this good oral sex? It was yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> It was. I, I think it was oral sex. I think the implication was that your tongue was so whirly that uh, that it 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 truly it would really be, wa- yeah. It, it would really be windshield like a wiper of a penis. Yeah, just a monsoon around a penis, and it's like <laughs> I don't. I, that's cool. Yeah, I don't. Because as everyone knows, the best way to give a blowjob is to just kind of like go wild around and around and around with the tongue. Yeah, more is more. More is more. More is more. More is more. Wow. Well, Langston, this has been an absolute delight. I've, yeah, I've really. had so much fun. Thanks so much for doing it. What a damn pleasure. Yeah. What? And, and you know what, Langston? We never promote our guest work uh, <laughs> because we are better than that. But because, but because we are now colleagues at iHeartRadio, we would like you to um, tell the listeners where they can where they can uh, follow you and see you and hear you. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, I I would love for you to follow me at Langston Kerman on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit. Nobody else wanted this name. And uh, <laughs> and you can listen to my podcast. My mama told me it's it's a podcast where we talk about uh, black conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories in the black community and shit. Love it. Well, love it. We have we have done it. We've done a plug and life is good, baby. <laughs> um, OK, well, then. All right. Bye. 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 This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. 
That's better, H-E-L-P dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.